Carnival personnel was recorded in the damp, moldy basement. Joe and Jacques, it's Carnival personnel. Joe and Jacques, to their wives this show is their personal hell. Well, the show sounds the same every single week. Pats are great, Trump is lame, and Joe barely speaks. Who you think still listening? Who you think still listening? Besides Jim and Biff, yeah. And don't forget Richard. Here's a random review. No one cares about you two, Joe and Jacques. Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques, Joe and Jacques. Hey, Biff, what's the toughest part about being Batman? What is the toughest part about being a Batman? Jacques, what is the toughest part? Tell me. Uh, never getting your parents' approval. <laughs> okay, Please Biff. tell me you have another joke. I do. For you to poop on. Uh, hey, hey, Biff. Why is Batman so jealous of Superman? Why is it that Batman <laughs> is jealous of Superman? Uh, he got adopted. <laughs> you see, because they were both orphans. And, uh, the and gee, Mr. Whoopi, I don't know. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. Who do you think this is? <laughs> it's not Biff, not the good one. Nope. Sorry. He uh, came to his sentence, senses. Ah, oh, God damn it. He came to his senses. He stopped putting up fences. <laughs> Hello, Joe. How are you? <laughs> Hi. Oh, yeah. I forgot to introduce myself. Um, I need no introduction by this point. I'm a uh, carnival personnel royalty, I think. <laughs> I, I, I Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, again, um, last week we didn't have a show, mostly because checking notes. I was lazy. Like, I, I you know, we, we, we had a guest. Things kind of went sideways. I couldn't get my shit together. And I'm like, you know what? We've had so many great episodes. I'm going to repost one of them. And then... Sunday became Tuesday, became Thursday, became I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And so in honor of Martin Luther King Day, we decided to just abstain from white guys talking for once. Yes, but I was going to take my take on. <laughs> Anyways, no. Uh, so it's just Joe and I today. And over the past 24 hours, I've recorded one sideshow with Biff and one sideshow with Joe. And I got to tell you, listener, singular, not the plural, um, a few and weeks ago, Biff. a few, we know it's not Biff. A few weeks ago, we had our good friend, Bill Fayon, absolutely unarguably one of the most successful producers in Hollywood the last 30 years. Sweetheart, great guy. And as you could tell from the recording, a real friend, not somebody we've met or I know. Um, and that and that's been great. The next two sideshows over the next few weeks, uh, Biff and I talked with this woman, Maria Dennis, who we've been hockey pals with for 30 years. Uh, we've been really, really great friends. She is one of the nicest, sweetest persons on the planet. Also, just recently named by Hockey News top 10 most influential people in hockey. Not in women's hockey, not in college, but overall. And she is the, uh, her title is insanely long lead legal counsel of the National Hockey League Players Association and vice president of player safety. And it's, I think, Shield for short. Right, she, right, right. Exact. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm not going to give it the, the whole thing away, but, uh, you know, it's funny how small the world is and who she's crossed paths with from point A to point B. But Biff and I talked to her maybe an hour and a half, uh, maybe a half hour before, half hour after, and we could have done a 10 hour. Like we could have done a podcast just with her. Maybe we will. Joe and I just finished recording a podcast that will drop in a few weeks with 
arguably one of the more important feature or one of the more important persons in Boston comedy in the last 40 years, a guy named John Tobin. And your thoughts on that two hour talk, Joe? I can't believe we're bumping his show for this. Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe yeah. we, you know, maybe I'm second guessing uh, going without uh, Biff for this uh, <laughs> regular Carnival Personnel podcast because maybe we should should do two shy shows in a row so people don't have to wait an extra week to hear John talk or 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 Maria Dennis talk. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, yes. I, I mean, like, like like I said, it's like it's one of those things where. I said it when Bill was on it's there's very often times I'm like wait I know how I met this person but why 20 years later are they taking my call because there are immediate family members who don't return a text for uh don't return a text period you know what I mean? <laughs> let, let, let's be honest there you know I, I I I need to be on some I need to be somebody's plus one to be invited to a family party of my own and yet uh a, a bill will call and there's so many other guests that you know I've talked to and that Biff has talked to who are going to be coming on over the next few months and I got to tell you it's just it's just an embarrassment of riches of the people we have and I wish we had a larger listenership seriously for the first time to make it these people's time worthwhile <laughs> you know because I, I, I you know i'll talk to a guy at the bus stop for you know an hour and a half about the religious structures of mayan culture um he's our next sideshow guest by the way fred's fantastic um yeah. you know I mean, the, the tinfoil hat is strangely clean shaven <laughs> but just from the neck down anyways mm -hmm. um so so yeah it's it's been it's been an embarrassment of riches over the last few months who we've had on just the drummer from public image limited and nine inch nails why why right you, you know but these next couple sideshows like i said it, the 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 regional headliners that we've become friends with through this podcast and and me being in the circuit all of them were like oh you're talking to john please tell him i said hi oh bring up this story oh john did this this and this oh people don't know this but john made this happen for this person you know and it's one of those things where you know he'll get calls from bill burr you know what i mean yeah he, you know um so yeah so so we're very excited and you know and and speaking of bill when he was on you know i jokingly talked about our play not, happy not texas Burr, by the way oh, not bill, bill Burr, yet bill fay bill fay uh but yeah there's uh going to be a meeting next week or the week after in la with somebody i'm not going to put out there yet who will be a guest soon who, spielberg uh, uh from the broadway world who oh. is uh interested in possibly jumping on board with i i feel more comfortable of now saying our production of happy texas because i'm actually setting up some meetings with some people of note to uh break bread with uh bill and i might jump a plane to get out there to be part of a couple meetings but yeah it's unbelievable how this little fledgling podcast that you've kept alive for seven years to indulge me has uh has really the last year been legitimized i think by the people who've come on starting with biff <laughs> i haven't added it up but have we done ten thousand hours of this podcast because if not it sure feels like it but in another respect it also is as rewarding as putting in ten thousand hours to something so yeah i think uh i think your rewards are justified um no and it, it, it is it, it is great and it's funny so john tobin uh runs nick's comedy stop which we told you know did sh should i have told them that we bribed you know, all-star Tommy's daughter's way in and, and Squishy's way in. I think he was cool with it. I think he knew. <laughs> oh, those are the people. Okay, boss. You know, but yeah, it was, it, which is still hysterical. Oh, 13-year-old boy? Sure. Come on in. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know, that delicate flower who's a foot and a half taller and 17 years old on her way to college with both parents. You know right. what I mean? Tristan's with... First of all, I'm his parent, and I present like this. Yep, they're cool with that. You know, you know, you know, uh, all-star Tommy. You know, you know, 
banking wizard, ER doctor wife, clean cut, clean shaven, as is Tommy, you know, but yet they, they gave a hard time. You know, great to know that sexism is alive and well. Uh, At least in Boston it is. But it was fantastic that we're talking to Tobin about, yeah, we had somebody in town, wanted to see comedy, and that's, of course, the place you have to take them. Uh, so so that was great. Uh um, you know, uh, a little news and Joe's side of the world and my side of the world. It seems this fake COVID thing is uh, rearing its fake ugly head again, Joe. You're right. You're right. It is a, a hoax. Uh, it's gone on long enough because it's um, it's infecting all of us. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So my son has COVID. You have two family members who all also came down with the hoax. So and, um, and it's funny because last week we'll get into the party, the partying that Joe and I did with, you know, you know, both boys this past you know, last week. Awesome. Um, I, I felt fine, but a little sniffly. And then, you know, a few days later, both my wife and kid pop. And at the same time, when I traveled to Joe's management's friend traveled here and she a few days later calls and says, I'm so sorry. Did I bring it to Joe's? Did I bring it home from Joe's? Did this woman bring it to our house? And I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like every time I turn around, this fake, this fake COVID thing keeps popping up its ugly COVID head. I think by now we can kind of drop the facade that, it, that you know, COVID's a hoax. It's more so that the vaccines don't work and uh, it's not a big deal. And, you know, honestly, it's not a big deal. I mean, my kid's not, you know, dying. Um, not like I am inside right now, but you know, um, there's no vaccine for that though. My, um, my oldest one had a bad day, had, yeah. had you know, 104, 101, the local people, he hit WBCN. No. 104.1. See my line, George. Yeah. Not 104, 101. 104.1. Not 104.5. Cause I made that mistake. Right. It's the rock of Boston. But two days later, he's like. Hey, I want to go to my swim meet. It was like, mm, dude, you know, it's like he was fine. It, it was he had a rough day. And by rough day, I mean, he had a high temperature while he was screaming, playing his games. <laughs> like, so he had the strength to make it from his bed to his gaming chair. He probably started with a 100 degree temperature, but then the gaming. Right. Ticked it up to four. So, you know, management is, is, is you know, she's feeling it, but it's like, yeah, it sucks. It is what it is. No one fucking cares. Move on. Uh, wait, people have cold, flus, and COVID in New England the week after a blizzard? <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. What, what are the odds? Uh, but speaking of partying, Joe, I've done enough talking. You were the host. You were the gracious host. Thank you for, 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 for hosting last week. You also were the curator of the evening's entertainment. Break it down for us. Well, thank you for that introduction. So, yeah, my wife went away um, and she came back. Don't worry. She came back. Humble um, brag. Yeah. But uh, she did Natalie! go away. <laughs> she did go away for a week. And, um, of course, that means uh, party time. Excellent in our house. No, it just means, oh, yeah, you know, this time, this way we can, I can have a friend over, my friend, my one only friend over to watch uh, old 70 old 70s uh, shows so of course we sat down in front of the you know 60 inch behemoth of uh, tv that i have down in the living room and we you know use the 4k you know uh technology to really render the the the, the 240p images that came out of the 1970s um starting with the battle of the network stars um yes the battle of the network stars but not just any battle of the network stars i think it was battle of the network stars six from like 1981 and um it was uh it was great we it had um uh gabe kaplan uh captain of the abc team no wait he was captain of the cbs team because he had been off welcome back cotter and doing another sitcom for cbs at that point and uh, then he, you know, of course, Howard Cosell is the master of ceremonies. Howard Cosell was just delicious. He's, he, I mean, he was, he was everything you wanted in a, in a Howard Cosell and more. Uh, his uh, color commentator was Lee Majors. 
And uh, there were, I mean, the, the stars were endless. I think Scott Bayo was there, uh, Ann Jillian, Mark Harmon. No, um, that's the one that you watched without me. This oh. was the one that had Lou Ferrigno. Oh, and, and um, and Reed. Uh, oh, Tim Reed from Tim Wel- Reed. Uh, WKRP. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the. It's funny because they would do these fluff piece, um, little. Oh, this actress who was on a show at the time that lasted 12 episodes that you never saw from again. You know, yes. but but there was there was some. Oh, this is from '78. Yeah, I'm 70, looking at yeah. your notes that you texted me from the yeah. from the scene. Yeah. So, um, I mean, how quickly I forget. Uh, David Letterman competed. Yes. I think he, he was on Team CBS. Uh, this is, you know, pre 1980, pre David Letterman show, and also pre late show show show. Um, you know, it was great. It was like, uh, I thank God for the now defunct trio network the cable network that re-ran these in the early 2000s i want to say just around the time when vhs technology was still kicking but not you know like it was on its way out but thank goodness it was still around because some you know kind soul taped the battle of the network stars marathon some hero joe yes they taped the the marathon that they were running on the trio network at the time by the way trio network also gave us the first copies of look well because they had a show called brilliant but canceled and look well was one of the episodes so uh yeah there's there's a playlist on YouTube right now with I think all of the Battle of the Network stars from '76 to, you know, '83 or something like that. I forget. They're all up there. I watched I watched the very first one. Uh, that's the one we should have watched because it starts off with Telly Savalas uh, shirtless in a swimming pool or hot tub or something. I know I think it was in a swimming pool, but but he was he had a phone by his side. And he was making the calls to the other captains, you know, like Gabe Kaplan from ABC, of course, Telly Savalas with CBS, and then Robert Conrad from NBC. And there were only three networks, so that was it, you know. And, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the one where Gabe Kaplan gets in it in a big argument with, uh, with Robert Conrad during, like, the 100-meter dash and, or some of a relay race. It was a relay race, yes. And there was some foul up that their team, you'll see. I don't want to get into it now, but that's the tip of the iceberg. Then, then we finally took Biff's suggestion. Um, well, maybe one of his two suggestions. Um, that being, if you remember way back to our last talk, I think he mentioned seeing Boy in the Plastic Bubble. And that's what we dived into. And that was a pr- that was a pretty nice copy that was on YouTube. Like that was a pretty clean. Yeah, yeah. Know, Some DVD somebody rip. worked at a station who had a clean, you know, three quarter inch at one point, and <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, or some sort of a DVD rip or something. But this was like really you know good quality, and man, um, I don't know if we were as good as Mystery Science Theater, but I felt like we were. You know, I think the the riffing that you and I did, and my my your sons, oldest. yeah, yeah. My older son, yeah, yeah, and, and and one of the one of the joys of your older son being there with the Battle Network stars when they were talking about like the prize money or and and boy in a plastic bubble where he bet somebody ten bucks, he was quick on the draw to find out. Okay, nineteen seventy six, ten dollars was this much now. Like and he uh, was the he was our resident inflation calculator. So, <laughs> as well as quick with the quips, yes, funny yeah. kid, funny, yep. funny kid. I don't know where he gets it. So then we went on to watch um, Pink Lady. No, not Pink Lady and Jeff. That's what they renamed it later. Pink Lady from nineteen eighty. Uh, of course, Pink Lady being everybody knows Pink Lady by now. If you listen to this podcast or the Gilbert Gottfried podcast, you know what Pink Lady is. Uh, uh, it's a Japanese pop duo who came to the States, spoke no English, a Sid and Marty Croft production. They were told they speak English. Um, they read all of their lines on a cue card phonetically. Jeff Altman was the English interpreter, I mean, co-host. And he was, you know, a, a flippy like a cheese omelet, right? Was that? Yeah, it's or, it, a huge album for him. 
Yeah. Was it cheese omelet, right? Yep, it's a cheese okay. omelet. Yeah. And he was, uh, you know, but Pink Lady and Jeff were secondary to the guest stars. Oh. I mean, you had, you know, red buttons, right? Yep, yep. And, and um, um, one, oh, a guy. Uh, Up-and-comer, new Lewis, guy. Louis Jerry or something like that. Jer Jerry Lewis, yes. Who was at his Jerryest Louiest. <laughs> he was um, a couple of years had passed since the day the clown cried. So he <laughs> was able to get his comedy chops back. And honestly, I think we, we genuinely laughed during his routine. It was a pre-tape, not in front of the studio audience, but in front of the uh, stage crew. And he did a lot of fourth wall stuff with the camera rigs. And he was actually like, he got on like the camera truck and the, you know, the, the one, the, the camera that rises, like the cherry picker that goes up and down uh, the crane shot. Uh, uh, you know, uh, camera. Uh, it was uh, delightful. Very the delightful. walkout, the walkout with the two girls and Jeff. That little exchange, dude, rolling. Right yeah. when he opens his breast pocket to pretend to read his name, you know, yes. it's yes. really great to be here with you too, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 like one of the one of the um pink lady members was genuinely like. In like laughing, like couldn't hold in her laughter because Jerry Lewis, you know, he, he I'm sure, I don't know if she understood what he was saying, but you didn't have to. He you was don't. Jerry Lewis. He was just doing like, but, you know, sadly, um, unlike the way my son predicted, he did not say pink lady. <laughs> if there was one missed opportunity, it'd be that. So if Jerry was going to take some notes from us, I think yes. that, that would have been the one note. I got a note. <laughs> And then Jacques requested that we round out the evening with some old game shows because, of course, my Plex is loaded with old game shows. So we watched an episode of MTV's Remote Control. And we watched the Card Sharks with the – it was like a charity one where they had Alex Trebek against – it was like all game show hosts of the time competing against each other. Um, and then we also finished it off with um, an episode of Starcade from 1984 – um and i i actually imdb'd the kid like one of the kids in there and he is on imdb and his sole credit is his appearance <laughs> on starcade <laughs> you know he's somewhere in a bar in Reseda now telling people oh there was a show in 1984 grandpa shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh starcade of course is the game show where uh two uh teenagers or, or young adults compete head-to-head -head in um video arcade uh, competitions and the, you know they they have to play you know games to get high scores and also ask answer trivia questions and their prize an arcade cabinet which um, back then oh yeah pretty big deal thousands of dollars still are now and and and, and 175 pounds like like to move that from point a to point b Yes. Like if you borrowed your mom's K car to get to the taping that day, <laughs> you were not going to get that home. I think they deliver it. But okay. anyway, All right. <laughs> I don't think you actually take it home from the studio. It's not like a case of turtle wax. Um, but then, yeah, then before you left, we snuck in a little bit of the uh, content from the Mystery Science Theater 3000 YouTube streaming channel just to, you know, um, see how the pros do it. How the competition do it, Joe, <laughs> to see how the competition. No, it was one of those nights where, uh, I mean, as I'm logging, because, you know, I forget what we watched right after we watched it. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I feel like a loser. Joe feels like a loser. But then when I tell a bunch of different friends we watched that, they're like, oh, my God. Why don't you call me and let me come over? Invite me to that. Because, like, if you're going to watch John Travolta at his best, I think I think arguably his best in Boy in Plastic Bubble, you really, the, the more the merrier. Um, yeah, it, it really is event viewing. Like, that was must-see TV back in the day. And it kind of, it kind of still is. Um, no, it, it was fantastic. And so, Joe, you know, Joe's boy, you know, you know mid-20s, and it's like you can't tell them how – the world really was. We don't have the vernacular and the, the linguistic capabilities, but sitting there with him, showing him Pink Lady, I think really kind of, he understands the suffering that, <laughs> that the world was. Oh, and our little surprise visit from uh, 
you know, uh, from one of the one of the players of Pink Lady in Jeff, uh, Jim Varney, oh. aka Ernest P. Warrell. Yeah. You know what I mean? For some reason, that slipped my memory that he was, you know, one of the one of the regulars of that. You know, launching pad. Really, that show was. Yes, it was. Um, you know, and, hey, not all rockets went up. No, you know, no, like that. No. You can have a launching pad that doesn't yeah, actually send all the rockets into space. Some of them do crash. So, some of them hit the moon. Some of them, you know, challengers. Some of them, <laughs> you know, challenges. You know, so oh, I know. I said I, it wrong. Okay. Yes. Uh, need another seven astronauts. Anyways, uh, I, oh, wait, yes. there's the door. I will Hi. be <laughs> showing Welcome to 1986 <laughs> in comedy at the improv. Um, you know, uh, management and I ended up watching something that night. And I really, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to table this because there's a show called The Bling Ring that I wanted to get Biff's take on it. Early 2000s, there was a group of thieves who targeted celebrities houses and they in turn became celebrities um that's the way the world works baby you know and um yeah there was a part of that that kind of you know hit home with a friend of ours here um so i'm gonna table that um Ooh, little yeah, teaser it, it is so while you already mentioned games do you have time to play any games while you're going through the ABC after school specials uh, <laughs> one by one on your on your days off? You know what? Um, I didn't talk about it last week or last sideshow or whatever the fuck we call it now. But um, no, I haven't been playing a lot of video games. But the last thing I haven't playing was the maybe you did talk about it. Your your, your VR a gift. Your, yes. your Sony PlayStation VR. Uh, rig. I rented a couple. I still have them with me. A couple of uh, VR games from the library. Um, very entertaining. It's a it, you know it's six year old technology or seven year old technology, but the games it's a trip. It's new to me, right? Um, and I and I and I, I have I play this game called Astrobot Rescue Mission, and it's like you control this little cute walking little Wally type robot, kind of like if Wally and 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 Eva like did it. And then Eva. Eva, and they had a little offspring, and Astrobot is what they would have produced. And it's like a little, it's a 3D platformer. You know, you go around collecting things and stuff like that. You have to get to the end, and this is like time challenges if you want to go back and, you know, do that sort of thing. But it was fun. I and I, you know, I I I pretty much finished it. You know, I did like I finished it, but I haven't 100 percented it yet. Um, but I've yet to play, which I also borrowed from the library. A Resident Evil Biohazard for VR, like oh, that. yep, yep. That that I'm sure will be scary. And then I also bought and haven't played. I downloaded a Batman VR, so you know, yeah. awesome. I have I, some. I, I, I have good some, things. Yeah, I have some. And the last, uh, I borrowed Tetris Effect, which is Tetris in VR, and it's like very. Tri it's supposed to be very trippy. And like, you know, electronic dance music kind of like EDM kind of stuff, you know. So it's Tetris with uh, with uh, some some flair. So I, I'm all about it. And, and honestly, the interesting thing is I wonder if games like that are made for people who get stoned. Because you and I, you know, sober. We don't drink. We don't, you know, mm -hmm. indulge in the pharmaceuticals. Uh, chocolate is my drug. You know, carbs <laughs> is my drug. But I wonder if those games are kind of meant for no, I think you know maybe I also think maybe they're made for people who like a vibe who want to feel like they're being uh, influenced okay but they're not really you know it's like they want to see the effects of in you know like uh, the effects of hallucinogenics without actually like suffering the consequences and that's like you know that I think that's what the appeal is um and then uh, I guess speaking of Tetris did we talk about the the Tetris kid yeah yeah but that's uh which which has caused a f uh, like kind of a well uh, you can't we can't have nice things what happened it's the bottom line yeah there was some backlash and people upset about you know being up yeah it's like wait what yeah the, no so thir who do we, people who don't know the story yes. 13 year old kid was the first ever to cause the game of tetris for the nintendo entertainment system to crash and i watched like a little like short video explaining like that you know with tool assisted runs and, and ai and computer you know runs 
they you know that has been done before but never done by a human and there are certain like uh conditions that have to be met and there's a certain way in which you have to uh, hold the controller in order to make the turns fast enough because they just fall at such a rate that an average player can't you know manipulate the 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 blocks in time let alone like actually like trigger Move lines it, right. um but what, some 13 year old phenom did it and um you know and he streamed it live yeah and it, 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 the exuberance on his face and like he, he was hyperventilating like he was because he had done it um and so I can't imagine now that what, what's the backlash? No, I, you know what? We're not, we're staying positive because okay, good. that, that kid had oh, a great no. account. That kid had a great accomplishment, you know? Okay, good. So is he, did he, what, did you see like a MAGA hat in the corner? No, of the no, no, nothing something? like that. Like just right. people like, you know, be, you know, because, well, because he was the first to do it streaming. He's the first and blah, blah, blah. And other okay. people claim, you know, it's like, dude, let the kid have this. Like, you right. know, but, but there are, there, when you see, this is a documentary on the Rubik's Cube. Dude, the fact that, like, we've heard these things before that the smartest person in the world uses, like, 12% of their brain. Like, it, what what happens when we unlock this? Like, what happens when – did Stephen Hawkins get to 15% of his brain, you know, on his way to Epstein's Island? Anyways, um, but seriously, when you see these these people do the Rubik's Cube thing in seconds, yep. it's it's like – how their hands move that fast like and i'm a drummer playing in punk band and, I, and i'm looking at that like they're blurs and they're processing but, these i grant yeah, you I, we, I get it's a puzzle and it's a thing but i'm very you know we don't bat an eye well we kind of do but i mean like if when we see like you know great athletes doing phenomenal things you know we 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 can we 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 show reverence to that sort of thing but then we don't like say well of course they're you know they can accomplish such feats because they practiced it you know like we there's not like there seems to be like some i know they're two kind of separate things but they're also similar in a way you know like you become an elite athlete by practice and dedication and just talent right and you can do the same thing on a smaller quote unquote smaller scale with these puzzles and games you know um, but they're not treated the same way because it seems like well, any dork. Can it's a north, it right? And you can't. But that. But my thing is when you see them within seconds do these puzzles, like it's like their their brain processing to do that is is it's next level. No, it's true. I'll see a parkour video, like an unedited, you know, somebody doing the parkour, and I I'll repost it and be like, you know, superheroes aren't real, Jacques. You know, and then I'll post this and you're like, okay, put him in some spandex and a Nightwing mask and tell me that isn't, you know, when you, when you see that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. You're right. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You know, but, but it is so that, so that kid to be able to process that and, and all, you know, the, the confluence that came together, but great for him. Um, but, uh, but with, with you playing biohazard, I'm, uh, that's great. No, I like that one. That was that was one of those in between Resident Evil games. It wasn't. Okay. I think. I don't think yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Oh no, this is seven. It's Resident oh. Evil Seven. Okay. Oh, that's that is uh, the Baker's House. Yeah. Uh, watch it in a well learn with other people around you. <laughs> I, I I think I played seven regularly, like a little bit of seven, like at least the first part. Here's my story. Is that what you're getting seven. out of the? Is that what you get out of the garage with the car in it? And yep, yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. But the the first scene that you had, the first scene you get out of before you get to the garage. So that came out 2016. We just moved back, and of course, I'm letting the oldest one play it. Nine, and that first scene is so scary and impossible to get past. And I remember one day he getting so frustrated at my mom's house. He puts a controller down. He's like, I'm not doing this. Six-year-old brother walks over, second attempt, third attempt. He's like, okay, got you out of that room. And <laughs> and he had a birthday party a few weeks later, and he wanted the screen grab of that scary person bloody with a knife. And we took it to the we took the picture in and had that printed on the cake. And uh there was some people at the party like you, why would you do this? It's because he wanted it, right? But sh- should he want that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I was there. Actually, I went with you to Market Basket to pick it up. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's 2006. Yeah, so he was six. You know what I mean? So he beat the game at five, uh, 2006. And, uh, yeah, why does he have a team of therapists now, per se? Anyways, <laughs> um, staying on games. So my little guy whose life is playing football, soccer, and playing this game FIFA. And as I've talked over the last several months, he has become an encyclopedia of the history of this game. Like he can tell you the best players in the history of the European leagues, the, the Italian league, in the history of this team, that team, the other team. It has been disappointing to his mother and I. Um, he's become a little bit of a misogynistic women can't play sports as good. They shouldn't play at all. He's not saying they should be in the kitchen, but he would take pride in showing me a clip where the U S women's national team played a, the U S 15 and under boys and they beat them. So they can't be good, you know? And I would counteract that by seeing a clip on Instagram of a, of a woman doing a bicycle kick from the top of her box, you know, for, you know, the women's Barcelona team against Madrid and say, Hey, when you can do this, come back to me. Well, blah, blah, blah. And it's so his life is playing football and playing FIFA and FIFA has these things like other games where you, you get these pack of cards digitally and you pick your squad from them. FIFA about a month ago, started including female players in the pack well the and, players need somebody to kiss right and and then oh, we know <laughs> right see and, that's uh, eh, and eh. that's and that's and that's you know um yes now moving on <laughs> <laughs> um but like he's now starting to have more than an appreciation but a fanhood it's like and, and funny because one of the cards i looked up i'm like oh mia ham and he was surprised and indignant how do you know mia ham it's like dude i didn't start watching the sport when you started playing last year you know what i mean i've been to professional games uh mama went to like you know the world cup you know game and anyways so he was surprised but now the other day he's turned such a corner where you know um uh, He's scrolling through YouTube, he does it daily, and he's watching the highlights from AC Milan's game the night before, Madrid's game. There are these 90-minute games broken down to seven, eight-minute games, like an NFL package, or you know, but that's his thing. He was scrolling, he goes, oh, Barca verse, and he named the other team. And as he starts to play it, I'm like, oh, he's watching highlights from the women's Barca game. And he says to management, it's like, mama, mama, check out you know, check out her. She does this. And because he had seen it somewhere and he wanted her to see this amazing play. And we don't say anything. We don't make a big deal out of it. But it's funny how that FIFA game, because they incorporated the women into it, because the, he knows their stats. He, he has really in the last month, it's been fantastic watching him go from well, you know, a woman's team can't play a boy's team too. Watching highlights and and when you have to pick your squad, oh, you know, you know, uh, she's the best midfielder in this pack, so I'm starting her. You know what I mean? And just it, it's funny how the game has done that. And well, and suddenly video games have become quite important. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed that that's how he would stop being, you know, a misogynistic piece of shit and saying, hey, I can't do what these athletes are doing. You know what I mean? They're amazing. And it, it, it's been a it was really a nice moment. It was yeah. really a nice moment. So it just shows you what you can do with exposure to other you. things, you know, you know, like we were talking about briefly, we'll tease the comedy talk that we had with John Tobin about how, you know, yeah, you could do um a night of uh, comedy with all straight white cis males and, you know, have an okay time or have a fun time or whatever, but you bring in so many more people and you can expose more people to more points of view if you're diverse. So, you know, bring on other types of comics, you know, same with sports, you know, uh, it, it's great. Like, honestly, FIFA might be the only, to my knowledge, the only video game 
that has cross gender or, or multi gender at one representation. Po- at one point, when we were trying to put together an Armed Forces Entertainment tour with the WNBA, part of the fun is, and this is. I don't remember what version of the NBA 2K, you know, thing. There was a downloadable content where you could play as uh, WNBA players. players. And and part of the tour was, hey, you get to do three-on-three tournaments with these players, camps, clinics, you know, shoot-arounds, and play them in the video game because all the bases have video game rooms and you know what I mean? It'd be fun to, you know, so, so, but yeah, but as a general rule, yeah, I don't know any other, but like, you know, Biff was talking a couple weeks ago on the podcast about the new six team pro women's league that is selling out stadiums that is playing in front of packed houses that, you know, is uh, all the games are covered nationally in Canada. All the games are streamed live on YouTube in the States. Uh, We talked a great deal about this with Maria Dennis and hopefully that that starts to, you know, you know, change some, no, I don't, I shouldn't, it's not change minds. Yeah. Exposure that this is a great game. You know that, yeah, there's, is checking in that game that these women, you know, that these athletes, can shoot a puck much better than I could in my prime. You know what I mean? It's like it's it. The game is is blindingly fast and it's great and it's gritty and the players don't like each other and fantastic. I wonder now. They're thinking to the future. The future, Conan. The future. Um, this is like you know me being super liberal, uh, Joe, but because these sports like basketball, uh hockey, you know, uh, soccer, as we call it, um, do uh, incorporate, you know, genders of, you know, like all genders and American football kind of has just one gender, you know, and is not necessarily like, I, I'm sure there are, there, there are probably what the women football leagues are there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was, there was, I, I saw a little documentary, or, or like on Chronicle, like a, a news piece on, on a, a team in New England, you know, okay. but, but it's not as well sponsored or funded or, or, or known about, you know what I mean? But these athletes are just, you know, are, you know, again, getting back to, you know, when we had John Tobin on, yeah, we're talking comedy, but he was also, cause he works at Northeastern and talking about like, you know, his kids, college athletes, deficient three football players don't work any less hard than the people who play for Nebraska. The people in Nebraska, bigger, stronger, faster, but they're not practicing more. They're not in the gym more. They're not being coached more. You know what I mean? It's well, I guess a- my point is, is that it, is there going to be, will the league, I guess uh, the league will probably survive if there's not a lot of like incorporate, or if there's not like a, a female, like a, a women's counterpart. That yeah. Is well, competitive, you know, it, it's nice to see that, and again, this is something we talked about with Maria Dennis in her podcast. It's like there's more roles for women in pro sports. Like you, 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 there's more officials in the NFL who are now women. Um, you know, I don't know at one, you know, I don't know about refs in the NHL. Maybe refs, but not linemen because linemen break up fights and, you know, uh, I, I, you know, and you. It to, takes a special type of person to break up a hockey fight. You got two six four, you know, Canadian farm boys throwing haymakers who each weigh 250. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. But yeah, no, there's, there's all kinds of different things. But as far as this new league, it's doing well. The The attendance is great. The viewership is great. So again, him seeing this through the video game, opening up his eyes. Yeah. Hopefully more people tune in because it it's, it's just exposure. You know, it's just, it's just exposure. Um, what other than uh, are you watching anything current on TV these days, Joe, or is your recommendation just what? Uh, I'm sorry. Trio. Yes. <laughs> no, I have. I, I watched a brand new show. What are you talking about? Well, what show would that be? Oh, a little show called Ted, not and- Ted Lasso. Sorry. No, Ted Lasso's, you know, dead and buried, but uh, on Peacock, they brought, uh, remember, re- hey, remember Ted? He's back in peacock form. 
So the first seven episodes, or maybe it's the only seven episodes of the new Peacock series, Ted. It's a prequel to the movies, if you haven't heard about it. Uh, Ted the Talking Bear, who was wished to life by um, a, a boy in the Boston area. Um, you know, the original movie has Mark Wahlberg as the guy who grew up with his talking teddy bear, voiced by Seth MacFarlane, yada, 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 comedy ensues, it's family guy. But <laughs> but this is different. See, this one, it's, you know, it's still the same Ted, uh, voiced by Seth MacFarlane, uh, looks a lot more believable because CGI technology has gotten better. Um, but it takes place in 1993 in Framingham, Massachusetts. And um, uh, John, who's the boy, is 16. So basically, 16-year-old boy in 1993 is me. You know, like that's like my... Bam, yeah. Bam, like, like bullseye. In Massachusetts? Like, come on. Uh, racist parents? Please, no. <laughs> no, but one of the racist, you know, kind of racist... Let's just say one of the characters calls the dad the most tolerant, understanding white man in the greater Boston area. Um, it's a play by uh, your friend, our friend, Scott Grimes. Yep. Uh, it's like I had texted Scott saying, I know who you base that character on. <laughs> Every white guy over everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Um, yeah. Scott Grimes is the dad. He's great. Um, really the breakout uh, of that show is Alana Ubach, who I remember from 1993's TV show Beekman's World. She oh. was one of the assistants on Beekman's World. She played Josie, but she plays kind of this dingbatish uh, mom um, who is she plays him so like so delicately and so beautifully and so great like. You know, like there's a there there is like a a moment in one of the episodes where you kind of feel for, you know, her response to something, and and uh, she, I mean, I think she's the best actor on that show. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, then they they have um, uh, like a a niece that lives with them who's like she's like a college age stoner slash drug dealer kind of person who lives in the attic, um, and uh, yeah, although I did have to voice my discontent on the internet about episode one. Um, Ted is a, you know, a teddy bear who stays home all day. And the episode is basically trying to get him to go to school with John so that he can, you know, get out of the house and not be a layabout. And he's like, well, I can't really do that because you see the price is right comes on at 10 o'clock and they play Plinko. And then I went immediately to the internet and I said, Mr. Seth MacFarlane, dearest Seth MacFarlane, I understand you're under a lot of stress. You have a lot of things, a lot of plates to spin, and you might have overlooked this fact. But in the Boston area, The Price is Right airs on CBS daytime at 11 p.m. Eastern. And it ha hasn't, hasn't wavered in yeah. 1993. Um, so, yeah. I um, See, I felt the same way, and I made my post simple in saying, I wish you made that flight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yes. yes. Not a good person. No, not, no. Not. You're not a very good person. Um, but no, I, 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 to wrap it up, my long-winded recommendation, yeah, I laughed. Like, it's some reviews call it vulgar. Yes, it's vulgar. It's, uh, you know, it's an MA-rated show. But it's... Um, I, I think it's worth a watch, especially if you're from the Boston area, especially if you're in the 40 to 50 year old range. Um, it's, it's funny. I don't know. And, and it does have a family guy type of pacing, um, but it's, it does have a little bit of heart and I, I, I like it. I, I, I like it. And I, I look forward to more episodes. My recommendation, I, I watched an amazing documentary about the Bee Gees, and it was one of those, yeah, I know all about this. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, I, I knew a lot of this stuff, but it was absolutely fascinating. You know, I guess this is a John Travolta-centric podcast, but about 
how disco came about because of Saturday Night Fever. Um, And again, uh, I knew a lot of the history. They're a fascinating story. Like the the four brothers are a fascinating story. Uh, The Bee Gees and then the the younger brother, Andy Gibb. Um, But seeing you know, kind of their rise to fame and then the backlash about disco and, and, you know, uh, anyways, it was really worth a watch. Um, the, the Bee Gees are one of those bands that I, I intensely hated growing up because, you know, 19, like through the seventies, I was, you know, a rock guy. And then, you know, as the eighties rolled in, like, you know, Blondie and, uh, uh, um, you two and, uh yeah yeah you know talking heads yeah right exactly it's sex pistols but the older i got i'm like yeah this is great you know what i mean just bangers i mean for christ's sake well how deep is your love come on i mean at one point they ended up like having five songs in like the top 10 for the majority of like 1976 like like in, in in listening to you know record personalities and radio people saying oh my god it fucking sucks because we played a thousand times a day but this was what people wanted like you know what i mean it's like and being generation x it was natural to push back against disco and they and they embodied disco like they were the embodiment of the disco they, era. they actually created it and it's funny like how it came about and then at the same time it was a chicken and egg thing without giving too much away it's like they got hired to do a song for the movie but the song came out before the movie and before the movie was released it was going to be in a couple hundred theaters but now they're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> you know lightning in a bottle here and, and and then the movie came out with zen quadruple what was happening so anyways it, it was a good watch and then i also watched a documentary on Mary tyler moore that was great and sad and i gotta tell you we've 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 talked a lot about like the mary tyler moore show and at one point the last episode of the show wrote ahead left and come back but they're doing the the goodbyes like you know the rap after the show and introducing the cast dude i know a lot of people from the six people from friends all had great careers i know i'm trying to think of some of the other shows where you know cheers launching pad archie bunker it's i don't know though i i mean mary tyler moore is in the conversation of the show that everybody had a career after it's not like john travolta had a had a meteoric career after after the Sweathawks, after uh Horshack, not so much. You know, right. Um uh Gabe Kaplan had a career, but it wasn't, you know, I mean he made his money the, in poker playing. That was the pinnacle. Uh there, you know, there wasn't a, a person, you know, who didn't go on and have another long running show, hit movies, you know, type thing. I, I mean up and up until their passing, they all of them were working, you know what I mean? Betty White. Yeah, you know, we, but we could go Ted, down the I list. Mean, Ted Knight was on Too Close for Comfort when he passed. Too Close know? for Comfort, uh, Caddyshack, like you like movies and yeah. and you know, yeah, uh, and, and and same thing, you know, Mr. Grant, good old Lou Grant, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he up, you know, Santa, uh, you know, to, to the very end was an iconic, you know, person. Even dates you know, on the books. Uh, you know, the love boat, you know, Gavin McLeod goes to do a, a, had a career outside the love boat as well, but the love boat number one show for many seasons. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. But, but that documentary was great, but it also, you know, it was, you know, the tragedy, you know, that, you know, she does terms of endearment about a woman who can't connect with her surviving son after one of her two kids passes. And then her, kid you know dies three weeks after the movie comes out like you know what i mean and it's like she one of those hard life you know type thing but again um her and her husband at the time who created him i didn't realize the number of shows that they got off the ground and on the air like if she was never an actress just a behind the scenes producer person how many how many shows do you see the mtm right you know wkrp in cincinnati you can't hear the last theme song without ending with the (laughs) 
Dare to Barsega, Pedro Alvaleo. Uh, so those are my recommendations. And uh, and I, what, what, what were the lyrics of that again? <laughs> I'm singing them, Mike. Yeah. Can't you understand? I need a hole and a and a bone, but I ain't no all. Okay, I'm done. And when that wraps up the self-indulgent theater for this week as well, um, yeah, and uh, and so that that's good. Uh, Joey, Joe, I mean, I got to spend time with your delightful sons. You know, both wonderful young men watching insanely old man TV the other day. Uh, so, so you know, how did they get from point A to point B? Please give somebody some of the tutelage that helped you raise such competent, wonderful children. Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm on the spot to put to do a parenting tip. Well, let's see. Uh, I would say, you know what? Um, get, sometimes uh, they, you don't want to don't don't helicopter parent your children. You know, give them some alone time, like 18 hours a day. <laughs> of alone time i think is a good healthy amount and six with, hours in school <laughs> yeah and i just like yeah just let them you know part find a nice laptop that has good wi-fi put it in their room and say i'm going to close the door behind me and hope everything goes according to plan and you know what uh, um half the time it does mission accomplished yeah um, oh and that banner is coming in next week by the way. <laughs> Uh, so I was talking to management the other day and I got rudely interrupted by, you know, one of our two offspring. That's a normal thing. If there's one thing that drives up, up a wall, whatever anybody else is saying is not nearly as important as what they need you to hear right this second. So they will just walk into the middle of a conversation and start, you know, this. And it's upsetting, and sometimes I'll, I snap. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to be more patient. Because, you know, at one point in my life, Mr. Harpoonian taught me how to be impatient. Now, I must unlearn what I've learned. So, I say, hey, let me finish, you know, talking about. I finish the thought, then I said to him, okay, what do you need? XYZ. I said, okay. And then I did this thing. I said, hey, fish, if you see me talking to somebody, a mom talking to somebody, I want to try something. And he thought I was joking. He thought I was going to like put him in a headlock or yell. I said, come here. When you do this, if you come into a room and people are talking, just come over to me or mama and just put your hand right on my forearm. Uh, if when I put my hand on your hand, I'm letting you know, I know you're here. I know you have to say something. Let me finish this thought or let this person finish the thought. And then you're going to get my attention. But, you know, let's work on this. And he's kind of like, okay. I said, no, you know, I, I want to deescalate, blah, blah, blah. He leaves and management is like, wow, that was not you. <laughs> like, like that was really patient. And, you know, the family therapy, maybe he's working, blah, blah, blah. Because I, I really like that. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, you, I was hoping you got what I was doing. She goes, no, I mirror my phone to the TV and which I play an Instagram clip where some mom is doing, breaking down an episode of Bluey. <laughs> oh, oh. Is and that the kid show? It is the kid show. And which this is what the dad was teaching the little kid, you know, <laughs> and she was like, no, this it, it, it's, 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 it's called this. This is a kind of response. You know, I mean, there's a, like all these terms and she's like, you just blueied our 13 year old son. You use bluey. And I'm like, I, th I think that's only tolerable in one state, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, and then I sent it, you know, I sent the clip and the thing to my sister, my sister's like, yeah, bluey is a show for parents. Full stop. Like, she's like, yeah, kids like it, but I really think the brilliance behind this is it's like, yeah, you know, there's a better way to do it and maybe try this. I cannot believe my parenting tip is a semi-legit tip that I used an episode, a clip off Instagram from Bluey. <laughs> 
to hopefully get through to my kid because yelling at him the last thing 13 years of i'm talking right <laughs> has it worked yeah has it worked yeah you yeah you are you are evolving and learning um yeah the, teaching your children nonverbal cues is you know it, it it's a skill set that is kind of lost you know on a lot of like you know like these these kids today like they don't know how to interact with each other unless it's through social media or a video or whatever or text you know like there's there's an art form to conversing with somebody um in person and it, and not everything has to be verbal and so yeah you're right that's a that, and especially with kids on the spectrum like nonverbal cues is like you know right lost on them 100 percent uh, which is why I shouldn't be on a podcast because I don't have <laughs> any of those skills. I don't, you've heard me try to break down the episode of Ted that I watched. What a train wreck. Jacques's going to have a fun time chopping that up and making it sound coherent. But um, I guess I, I, is that the end of the show, Jacques? Are you, are you, am I getting the high sign? I'm getting the rap. Oh man. Well, looks like the old clock on the wall is telling me, that it, yeah you're saying are you saying stretch or break i couldn't tell stretch. oh stretch oh no we're, we're short we have, <laughs> we have uh, what do we have two minutes and uh, um so let's see what what can we talk about well no i i again we've missed we missed biff there was a miscommunication there was a last minute impulse decision that one of us made that i won't name jacques name but <laughs> um it was jacques god damn it oh i gotta learn to be better at being subtle, but that's not me. I mean, you heard me sing the WKRP theme just impulsively. Um, there is a video of somebody like the, the actual guy who wrote the WKRP theme, wrote it as an instrumental and he was going to use like saxophone. And, but like when he did the demo, like they, he just started scatting in the studio and the producers heard the scatting and they were like, no, that's 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 awesome that's rock and roll like the whole point of the song is that you can't understand the lyrics so it's like all nonsense lyrics and so there's a video um with the actual literal lyrics that he wrote um and check it out go seek out like wkrp end theme lyrics and you'll see what what they are supposed to be and um meow is not one of the lyrics by the way i'm sorry that is not um and the, the the name of the the song actually has a name. I think it's called like this 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 here song or this song or something like that. Um, anyways, it's more WKRP trivia that you needed to know um, or didn't need to know, but I had to tell you because I have time to fill on a podcast. Gentlemen, See, I yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I must warn you, gentlemen. I have a lot of free time, so that's the end. That's the end. I promise I won't sing any more end theme songs this week. Um, but who knows? Maybe the next time, um, you know, I'll um, I'll surprise you. But until then, um, enjoy the music. Um, what does that mean? I don't. There's not. There's no words there. I I can't. What is that? What does that mean to play us out? What like to play a song? All right. In five. Four. And that's hard copy. I'm Bill O'Reilly and uh no, that's no good. Fuck it. In five, four, three. That's hard copy. I'm Bill O'Reilly and uh Sting is going to no, 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 that's not right. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. That's the show, and here's a cut of uh, Sting's new album. Take it away. Don't forget. <laughs>